you guys like that video? It's pretty powerful, huh? Pretty good. Well, hey, you guys, good to see you. I'm so glad you guys are here. My name is Eric, and I am just honored to be with you all this weekend. Uh, I'm a pastor at a church in Pomona. I don't know if anybody knows where Pomona is, uh, Los Angeles County, and I am so glad that you are here. I just deeply believe that God moved heaven and earth to get each one of you here this weekend. And I don't know, maybe Harry said this early on, maybe some of you, you've been knowing you were going to come to camp for a while, you've been excited, maybe for some of you, coming to camp this weekend is something you're dreading. Maybe you were forced to be here or you just found out today that you were coming to camp. But I want you to know that I believe, and maybe by the end of our time together, you'll be convinced as well that there is a God who created all things, including you. And that no matter what your story has looked like up to this point, God wants you to know him. And God wants you to experience his love. So here's what I'm gonna invite us to do is, is would you mind just holding your hands out with me as we kind of get started tonight? And, and, and holding your hands out as we pray is, is simply you just saying, Maybe for some of you, it's going, God, I don't even know if you exist. If you do, would you reveal yourself to me? Maybe for some of you, it's, it's God, life has been so hard. It's so painful. I, I need you. Maybe for some of you, you're going, God, I think you have something more for me. And wherever you're at, we're just opening our lives, opening our hearts as we're opening our hands, saying, God, we're open to you. Would you join me as we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for every single student here. Thank you for the opportunity to, to take a, a break from whatever we came from, from whatever life looks like back at home, to, to think more deeply about you, to encounter you, to be in community with others. And, and Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, that you would move in each one of our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, I, I wanted to kind of introduce myself to you. I, I, wanna, I want you to get to know me a little bit as I'm getting to know you this weekend. And so I brought some pictures of my family. Like I said, my name is Eric. This is a picture of me and my wife, Sarah, on our wedding day. Okay, this is me and Sarah on our wedding day. And here's the thing. All of you are probably asking or thinking two questions in your head right now. The first question is this. Was he 12 when they got married? That's cool, that's cool. No, 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 we were 14, and so we got married. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm joking, we weren't 14. But then, the second question you're wondering is, you're like, dude, what happened to his hair, right? Like, whatever, yeah. Well, we've got four kids, and that kind of explains it. So, I'll, I'll show you our next photo. This is four of our kids. These are our four kids. This is Charlie, our oldest, and we have Brinley. Brinley's birthday, they're all here with us this weekend. Brinley's birthday is on Monday at camp, which is awesome. She's turning 10, so that's cool. We got little Lila, and then we got Levi. I think we have a few more uh, pictures. Uh, yeah, this was us. Uh, this was us. We were celebrating Halloween. Charlie was a giant Pikachu, and everybody wanted a photo with him. It was really fun, really cool. Let's go to our next photo. I think we have now. Okay, you guys. Is there anybody that has had their world rocked by pickleball? Is there any other pickleball people out there? I'm telling you, you guys. 
a year ago. I didn't even know pickleball existed. And now it's like my favorite thing in the world. I love it. So I love playing some pickleball. Uh, let's go. I think we have another photo maybe. Um, this is our church that we're a part of, Purpose Church. We love our community. So grateful to be there. But I, I want to get to know you guys a little bit. And so I, I'm going to share uh, a few of my hot takes with you, okay? And these are just, these are just mine. These are mine. Um, and, and before you like judge me, I, I want to just kind of see if there's anyone else that kind of relates with me or, or you have these similar hot takes. And so you can let me, let me know. Here, here's hot take number one. And these, again, these are just mine. Hot take number one. Pineapples don't belong on pizza. Amen. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, it's like basically John 3:17 is pineapples don't belong on pizza. Again, that's just me. That's just me. That's just me. How, how about this one? How about this one? How about this one? Mario Kart is better than Super Smash Bros. It's Mario Kart, dude. Mario Kart's the jet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I, I, I've got, I got a few more. I got a few more. All right. Number three, mint chocolate ice cream is disgusting. That's a lot. Wow. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of people here that like mint ice cream. Let me rebuke you for a minute. Um, uh, that's like what we brush our teeth with. Like, why do we want that on ice? I don't know. All right, all right, hold on, hold on. Don't go to the next one. Don't go to the next one. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Don't go to the next one. I recognize this, this next one, this next one, this next one is close to blasphemy. Okay, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's almost heretical. Like, it's almost could get you kicked out of camp. So I'm, I'm just, I'm prefacing that. Show me grace, but this, this is just me, okay? Um, next one. Raising Cane's is better than Chick-fil-A. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You guys, you guys. I, you do. I respect that. All right. Hear me out. 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 You guys, don't judge. Don't judge. Here's the deal. I went to Chick-fil-A today. I like Chick-fil-A. I'm just saying. The Raisin Cane's chicken, the sauce, the bread, the fries is better. Okay. All right. All right. I don't know if you're going to like this next one. I don't know if you're going to like this next one, but here, here's the next one. Um, running in PE class is a good thing. Okay. All right. I've got one more. I've got one more, and, and, and if, you're, if you're an educator, if you're an educator, if you're a teacher, I apologize in advance, I apologize in advance, but again, it's just me, it's just me, it's just me. If you really like to read, I apologize in advance, it's just me. Let's go to this next one. The movie version of a book is always better than the book itself. <laughs> Whoa, dude, be careful, bro. Be careful. Be careful. (laughs) 
all right, all right, all right. So it's clear to me, it's clear to me, it's clear to me, it's clear to me that in this room, we all have a lot of strong opinions. But what about, what about when it comes to the deeper, more important questions of life? Like when it comes to God, when it comes to the purpose of life, when it comes to suffering and, and challenges that we face, when it comes to our decisions about how we should live our lives. You see, I think it's incredibly important that that we begin to think even deeper about who God is because we might have strong opinions about some of these hot takes and you may have some of your own, but what you think about God is actually the most important thing about you. That's actually exactly what A.W. Tozer said. A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. That we tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. So when you think of God, and this is just for you to think in your head right now, when you think of God, what do you think of? But before we go there, let's start with us. In fact, every chapel, I want to invite you. I see a bunch of you here with your journals and your, your pens. I love that. I want to encourage you, every single chapel, to bring your pens and your journals with you. We're going to continue to open God's word together and share some ideas. And I think if you take some notes, you'll have a better time in your cabin conversations. And so tonight's talk is called God is the Meaning of Life. God is the meaning of life. And our first big idea is this. You can write it down. Without God, everything is meaningless. Without God, everything is meaningless. In the year 991 BC, Solomon was born. Solomon was the son of King David. And by 971 BC, at the age of 20 years old, Solomon becomes the king of Israel. And he reigns as the king of Israel for about 40 years until he's 60 years old. He follows in the footsteps of his father, King David, who was this great warrior and leader for Israel. And when he becomes king at the age of 20, he's so terrified, he's so scared. In fact, he, pray, he, pray, he has this moment, this vision, this interaction with God where he says, God, I, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm like a child. I don't know I could be king of Israel. And, and your people are, are so great. God, I, I need your wisdom. God blesses him with wisdom and he becomes the second wisest person, second to Jesus, that's ever lived. So later in Solomon's life, though he didn't enact on all of the wisdom that he had, he didn't always live out of the wisdom that he had, he ends up writing the book of Ecclesiastes later in his life and he opens up that book in the Old Testament. If you got your Bibles with you, you can flip over to Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiastes, he begins like this. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. So he's saying, these are my words as King Solomon, as the wisest man at this point in history who had ever lived. And the first words he says is this, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless 
Aren't you glad you came to camp this weekend? What an encouraging message. The wisest guy that ever lived opens his book saying, meaningless. The whole thing is utterly meaningless. And then in verse 14, same chapter, he says, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Now, specifically what Solomon is saying is that life lacks eternal meaning when it is disconnected from God. Solomon is saying, I've done everything. I've had all the money you could have. I've built all the things you could build. I've had all the experiences. I've been in all the relationships. And I've discovered that it's all meaningless if it's disconnected from God. In other words, friends, looking to the world to give you what you're looking for will only leave you looking for more. And you'll be overwhelmed. I'm going to say it again. Looking to the world to give you what you're looking for will only leave you looking for more and you'll be overwhelmed. When, when was the last time you felt overwhelmed or anxious? Today, right? I, I remember a couple, uh, a couple years ago, um, I was coming home late from work one night and and my job at that time in our family, my job was to take out the trash at night. Raise your hand if you're that person in your family where you take out the trash at night. Okay, so that, that's part of my, that was part of my job. And, and since then, like actually since this interaction, my kids have started taking on that job. And so that's their job now. But, but at this time, that was my job. And so I remember I got home late one Tuesday night and I went to the side of my house and it was really dark and I grabbed the trash can and I was taking it out to the curb when all of a sudden I felt this furry thing crawl over my knuckles. And you guys, I freaked out. I freaked out. I, I like, jumped away from it, and I, it was so dark, though, and I couldn't see. I, I figured maybe there was a broom or a duster. Or there was something in there that, that my knuckles brushed up against. And so I, I got closer to the trash can, and, and finally I, like, kicked the trash can. And you guys, it was like 11 o'clock at night. I kicked the trash can. This Godzilla-sized rat pops his head out of the trash can. And like, like we make awkward eye contact. Like, like, you know, like, like, you know when you're at like a middle school dance and you're having that awkward like slow dance, like eye contact? It was that moment, okay? I, I'm having this awkward eye contact with this rat. And here's the thing, I, I can't prove it, but I, I, I feel like he whispered, like I feel like he was like, I'm gonna kill you. Like that's what I heard in my heart. And, and so I ran upstairs. I ran upstairs and I, I woke up my wife, Sarah. She was sleeping. I woke, I woke up my wife and I said, Sarah, put your hand on my heart. And she put her hand over my heart and it was beating so fast. And she said, is your heart beating for me? And I said, no, I almost died for you. And I told her about everything that happened the, the next week. I came home really late that night and, and the, I had to take the trash out and, and again, I like, I kicked the trash can and you guys, that rat popped his head up again. He looked at me and he, he like whispered. I felt like he said like, I'm going to finish what I started. Like he was like threatening me. Right. But this time he climbed out and he started running towards me and I was screaming like your little siblings. I was freaking out. 
And now my kids take out the trash, so that's their job. But maybe there's like, maybe you have some weird like fears like I do or some stories like that or things that have made you nervous or anxious or maybe for some of you, it's, it's every morning as you're walking to school, as you're walking to your class, you're, you've already checked all the apps, you've already seen all the notifications, but you're just terrified to look up because you feel alone. Maybe for some of you, it's there's some deep wounds and pain from your family. Maybe some that nobody else even knows about. And you feel anxious and you feel overwhelmed. Maybe it's you're failing a class. Maybe it's what's going on around the world right now. Maybe it's somebody you love passed away recently. Maybe it's that person that is still in your life, but it actually feels like they're gone. Maybe it's a health diagnosis. Maybe you're dealing with something, whether it's health or family or whatever, that you're like, I don't feel like anybody else has to go through this stuff. And you feel alone. And you feel like things are meaningless. Transition to God. See, our second big idea tonight is this. With God, everything becomes meaningful again. With God, everything becomes meaningful again. The the apostle Paul, who has a really interesting story, right? Like he, in the New Testament, he he made it his whole focus to try to destroy the church. He he didn't believe in Jesus Christ. He, He thought it was an offensive front against Judaism. And so he tried to spend his whole life squashing the church. He was annoyed by Christians. He hated Christians. And then he met Christ. And his whole life was turned upside down. In fact, he gave up everything that was comfortable and easy about his life and followed Jesus. And he found more meaning and significance and peace and joy and at the same time experienced more suffering and pain. And so, yes, it is possible to experience pain and suffering and challenges and things that maybe some of your peers aren't experiencing and at the same time know joy and peace and contentment and meaning because you are in a relationship with the God who brings meaning to all things. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And then listen to what he said. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Paul says there is a God, a creator, who pre-existed all of us, who before the beginning of time planned to send his son, to send himself 
to die on the cross and rise from the dead, to make it possible for us to be forgiven from our sins and brought back into right relationship with him. And, and, and Paul says, I am praying on your behalf that God would give you wisdom and revelation, wisdom and revelation, wisdom and revelation. Why? Because we live in a moment just as they did, maybe even more so now, we live in a moment of excessive information. That with ChatGPT, with Google, with YouTube, with TikTok, you can find out so much information, but what we desperately need is wisdom and revelation. Let me define those for you. Revelation is this, knowing God's word over the world's words. Revelation is God's true message to us. God's perfect message to us about how we should see ourselves, how we should see the world, how we should understand him. Wisdom is living according to God's ways over the world's ways. Friends, I want to ask you a question tonight, and it's this. Are you more familiar with the world's words and the world's ways, or are you more familiar with God's words and God's ways? Because if you keep choosing to live your life according to the world's words, what they say about you, and according to the world's ways, telling you if you date this person, if you have this experience, if you do this or that, if you lie to your parents, if you try this, that you'll be full of life. If you continue to live according to the world's words and the world's ways, you will experience the meaningless life that Solomon talked about in Ecclesiastes. Which is why Paul says, my prayer for you, and it's my prayer for all of us, is that in the face of so much information in 2024, we would have wisdom and we would have revelation. You see, I'm totally convinced that in 2024, people have so much information. But what we are actually looking for is insight and meaning. We're trying to understand how God works, how life works, how to make sense of things. And so we go all over the internet. We, it's why sometimes we follow the influencers that we follow. It's why we'll follow along with the crowd. Even if it feels like the things that they want you to do are ultimately going to be destructive because we are looking for meaning and insight. You see, it's kind of like we're sheep without a shepherd. Jesus used this imagery in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. What you and I need more than anything is we need a relationship and a right understanding of the shepherd, the one true God who created the whole universe so that you and I wouldn't miss him. You see, friends, wisdom and revelation from God will fill you with hope and strength, while information alone can only fill you with fear and despair. 
And you guys, I, I know this to be true. I've experienced this in your heart. Either your problems will be bigger than your God or your God will be bigger than your problems. I want to ask you to think about this, not answer, but I want you to think about this right now. Is your God bigger than the problems you're facing or are the problems you're facing bigger than your God? Is your God bigger than your problems or are your problems bigger than your God? Here's how you'll know if it's hard to answer that. If you see your problems as bigger than your God, that mindset will lead you to paralysis. You'll feel paralyzed, overwhelmed. But if you understand God as being bigger than your problems, you will experience peace. Which leads to our last big idea. Number three, God brings meaning out of the meaningless. God brings meaning out of the meaningless. In John chapter 10, verse 10, this is Jesus Christ speaking. He, he said this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You may not know this, but you have an enemy. And it's not your parents. It's not your teachers. It's not your siblings. It's not the classes that you're a part of. You have an enemy and his name is Satan. And he wants you to settle for the meaningless life, the, the, the kind of life that is all about you. The kind of life that is about building your platform and your fame. The kind of life that's about just doing whatever it is that you want to do. That's what Satan has for you. In fact, Satan has come to steal your joy, kill your faith, and destroy your life. But Jesus, Jesus said, you need to know this about me. I have come so that you might have Life, life to the full. Not an utterly meaningless life, but a life to the full. Solomon said, life is utterly meaningless, disconnected from God. And Jesus says, if you will come to me, you will know what it means to have life to the full, even and maybe especially when things are hard and painful and broken and there's no resolution and you're uncertain. Maybe some of you at this point are going, okay, but is this just like Bible jargon? Are these just like nice ideas? Is this just like a nice philosophy that like, God is powerful that Jesus could give us life to the full. Let me end with just telling you one true story. There's a woman I met recently who, when she was a child, her mom and dad split up and her mom quickly remarried and her stepdad began abusing her. 
For years, he abused her until finally she ran away. She ran away and lived in a girl's group home. And the first night that she was in the group home, this group of girls abused her as well. When she was 18, she finally left that group home and she saved up enough money and got herself her own apartment, but she was so depressed, so discouraged, so traumatized, so wounded by all the stuff that had gone on in her life that she made a decision that she was going to hurt herself. And as she was laying beside her bed, preparing to hurt herself one afternoon, literally as she was about to, all of a sudden she, she hears over the radio, which is like something old people have. She like hears over this radio, because like past generations. She hears over this radio, this voice that says, don't do it, don't do it. And it kind of startled her. She ran over to the radio and she had a habit at that time of like listening to Christian music radio because she thought the music was soothing, but she figured it was just a coincidence. And so she went back to her bed and as she prepared to hurt herself again, she, she heard the voice say, don't do it, don't do it. She walked over to the radio again and continued to listen and on this particular occasion, it wasn't Christian music playing, but it was a pastor preaching. At the end of his message, he invited everybody who was listening to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ, to hand over all of their pain and brokenness and their sin, to experience the love and the forgiveness and the grace of God Almighty. And, and she did that. She gave her life to Jesus right there. The preacher said... Now you need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody in your life what you've decided to do. So she found one of her friends who wasn't a Christian and, and she told her, she said, this thing happened and, and I, I became a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And the, the guy on the radio said, tell somebody. And, and her friend said, I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I know a Christian. I work with a Christian. Do you want me to introduce you to her? So she introduced her to her friend, this Christian woman named Debbie, and here's where the story gets crazy. Six months before these two people meet, Debbie was living in Pennsylvania, and God specifically spoke to her and said, I want you to move to California because there's a young woman that I want you to disciple and mentor. She moves from Pennsylvania to California and meets the woman of our story. This woman named Debbie begins to disciple her and, and care for her and, and share Jesus Christ with her. And the woman I'm telling you about, she had her entire life transformed by Christ. That's the kind of God we're talking about this weekend. The Bible says that God knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought that comes into your mind. He's familiar with all your ways. In this Old Testament book, Zephaniah, it says that he literally sings songs over you. The creator, holy, perfect, 
almighty God of the universe, the one who preexisted all things, who none of us invented. We are all people that he has created in his image. We didn't create him, he created us. That God loves you. That God knows you. And that God can take a life that feels meaningless and give it meaning, or in Jesus' words, life to the full. You see, God wants this weekend to be meaningful. Satan wants this weekend to be meaningless. And so to some of you, I just want to ask this question. Are you done and are you tired of living a meaningless life? And are you ready for something meaningful, for something true, for a revelation from God that transforms your whole life and and wisdom about how to live the life that you're experiencing? Because that is what you were created for. About 25 years ago, I came up to camp wanting nothing to do with God. I just finished eighth grade year going into ninth grade year, and I'll just be honest with you, I was coming up to camp because a cute girl was going, all right? That was my entire motivation. I went to camp to meet a girl, but what actually happened is I went to camp and I met God, and he changed everything. A lot of my circumstances were still the same, but I was different. I was in the process of becoming transformed by the God who brings meaning to all things. So I want to invite you this weekend. We're going to go into the deep end. I know all of you can handle it. I can already tell. I can tell that God has some things in store for me and all of you this weekend. So I want to invite you to enter in and to discover who God is and what he might have for you here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for every single student here, every camp counselor and youth pastor and director and leader and intern, all the amazing Hume staff. We're just so grateful. And Lord, for anyone here tonight who just is uncertain about you, I pray that you would use your word this weekend and and what was shared, your word tonight, to to pique our interest, to draw us in, to to open our minds and our hearts to the possibility of your existence and, and to take us deeper. For those of us that know who you are, that we would go deeper this weekend in our understanding of you and, and what you have called us to do. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.